I bet that a lot of you here this evening have ridden in an airplane. And I've had my fair share of those airplane rides too. And when you hear the words hard landing, you kind of have an opportunity to become a little afraid. Especially if the pilot said, we might be having a little hard landing coming in because of the weather conditions and other such things that make landing very difficult. And, you know, you're descending from what was peaceful up there, 32,000 feet, into bad weather, and the plane is shaken and shaken and rocking and rolling. And you're going, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, you know. Because, oh boy, here it comes. And then you finally land, thanks be to God, you do. Boom! It just sounds like that. Bang! And then the plane might skid a little bit, and the pilot evens it out, and then you go down the runway, finally it stops. And maybe some people even clap their hands. You don't want to go through very many, or even one, hard landing. But I thought of it today, when I was reflecting upon the gospel from St. Luke that Deacon proclaimed tonight. I felt like that we were brought into a very hard landing in that gospel, not because of Deacon Jeff, but because we found ourselves smack dab in the middle of Jesus on the cross. And we were in, introduced in a very abrupt way to all the people who were sneering at him, jeering at him, and reviling him. It, it, it was a hard landing. It was it's very jarring to enter into that gospel. But nonetheless, there is something for us very profound to hear in that hard landing that was our gospel today. And here is what I'm going to propose to you. Firstly, we heard of a lot of rejection. The religious leaders said, you're not it. We don't want to have anything to do with you. You break the law. You are a blasphemer claiming to be the Son of God. He was rejected, Jesus, religiously, canceled out. Number two, the soldiers. Now, they were Roman soldiers, and they had potty mouths, and they used what was their limited vocabulary to address Jesus in very foul ways. And that's what was happening in this gospel. See, the Roman soldiers, they knew the chain of command. And it started with the Caesar and the power of the Caesar. And that's what they knew. That's the only thing they knew was the power of the Caesar, whom they also deified. They made him into a god with a small g. And here's Jesus, as it said on the sign, he claims to be the king of the Jews. And he was a laughingstock, an embarrassment, to say the least, because he had no worldly power. If he did, he would not be on the cross. The soldiers were canceling him out and were using their foul language to do so. Finally, you knew, know that the, there were two thieves on the cross, we call one of them the good thief, one of them the bad thief. Okay, so the bad thief who was mouthing off to Jesus. It's interesting, though. It's interesting. He said, if you claim to be the Messiah, ooh, that's a Jewish word. 
meaning the anointed Savior. If you claim to be a, a, the Messiah, then save yourself and us. There was some kind of inkling or knowledge, at least in his mind. But you see, he was, was just harshly criticizing Jesus because obviously in his mind he wasn't the Messiah. He was on the cross. So he wasn't the Savior. No Savior, no Savior would ever die on a cross, but rather would have been something else. Okay, that's all part of our hard landing. But in that hard landing, my friends, in all the vile and terrible and awfulness of the situation, in that hard landing, actually all of those who are reviling Jesus are revealing who he is. The soldiers, you're supposed to be this great power. Well, they didn't understand what kind of power Jesus was. See, he, he was king, but shepherd king, like we heard in the first reading, how David was described when he became king of all Israel. He's a shepherd. And here's what this means. Here's what this means. This king stays with his people like a shepherd does. Stays with his people. Suffers with his people. Suffers for his people. And leads his people in his suffering for them. This is the king being revealed to us on the cross. And I want you to, I want this to stick in your minds. He suffers with, he suffers for us. We'll come back to that in just a second. The next thing is when that bad thief was talking about Jesus being the Messiah. Okay, here's what, here's what our Jewish brothers and sisters expected in terms of a Messiah, that he would be a great general. He would be this general who would conquer peoples. He would conquer the Romans so that the Jewish folks would not be subjected to them and they could have their own kingdom that this conquering general would establish, which made him a great leader. And he would be, a, some of them expected him to be a priest, that he would offer sacrifice for the people on behalf of the people in the temple. And he would lead the people in prayer in terms of his sacrifice. So he'd be a great warrior, a general, a great leader, a great priest. Hmm. He wasn't a five-star general, was he? But Jesus is the absolute warrior against sin. He took it all on. All of our sins, through all of history, He took it all on that cross with Him. He is the warrior against the devil and against evil, and He is the victor. He is the priest because he offered himself for us on that cross so that we would be redeemed, our sins would be forgiven, that we'd be reconciled with the Father. And he is this great leader because as a shepherd, he calls us all unto himself as he hung upon the cross and gathers us together as a forgiven, redeemed people that we know today is the church. That guy revealed to us who Jesus is, as he reviled him, we know who he is. 
just like the soldiers did. Okay, then you have that other guy. We call him the good thief. He says, I'm on the cross. I know I'm on the cross. I'm paying for my sins. But this man next to me is innocent. Jesus is innocent. And here we go. Here we go. What did he say? What was that prayer that he said? Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me, Jesus, as you are on this cross as an innocent lamb suffering. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me, here it comes now, here it comes, when you suffer and are suffering for my sins, for my crimes, remember me as you suffer with me and for me. That simple prayer opened salvation to that man. Okay, let's bring it all together and apply it to today, 2022. If you want to see awful, bad stuff in that gospel, we can see awful, bad, and challenging stuff in the world, in our country, maybe even, maybe even in our own lives. It's here. It's all over the place. And you know, when we see it, when we see it, or when we experience it, we think God has abandoned us or is not there or he's, he's powerless or whatever. He's just out of it. Because the worldly powers today seem to have more power than God. And we get discouraged, maybe disgruntled too. But we don't have to. What we can do is see what that good thief saw in Jesus. I mean, he was in the midst of all that terribleness, but he saw something more, something else in Jesus. And we can too. That's a part of the purpose of this feast, that we see him as our king, as he truly is, as he's revealing himself in this gospel today. And our prayer can be very simple, just like the guy on the cross in the midst of all the travail that we experience, maybe the discouragement that we sometimes experience. A simple prayer. Remember me, Jesus. We can switch a little bit and say, as you come into your kingdom, but remember me, Jesus. How about if we commit that to our memory, yours and mine? It's very simple. Remember me, Jesus. And what did Jesus say to that man? Today you shall be with me in paradise. Remember me, Jesus, for I desire to be with you in paradise. He won't refuse to hear that prayer. That's a prayer that he answered from the cross when he was suffering with and for you and me. Oh, great King, remember me.